0: You're listening to the Small Church Guys podcast. The Small Church Guys is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization that tackles issues and challenges as well as provides insight and resources for the largest group of churches in America, the small church. Pastors and leaders should never go it alone. Move your ministry forward. Find out more at smallchurchguys.com. And now, here are the guys. Hey guys, here we are again. Small Church Guys Podcast. My name is Jesse Reimers here with my friend and co-host and partner, Mr. Mark. Walker welcome Mark thanks I'm glad to be here well Mark I think we got a great episode here um, we we're gonna tackle a subject I think is so relevant for pastors in our world today I know for the two of us as we were in ministry for many years uh, I'm not gonna lie there wasn't moments that I wasn't flirting with this topic there wasn't times that I wasn't struggling through this uh, but today we're going to talk about what it's like when you're a pastor and you don't have all the answers. And you're not sure if you can ask for help or if you should ask for help. Right. And what do you do? What do you do if you need help?
1: And, and when you don't to ask them? for help, I guess as well. And then, of course, I want to also. I've got some questions for you. Who do we ask for help as well? Yeah. I'd like to know that. Um, yeah, you're right. In ministry, I did the same thing. We, we flirted with this. Um, <clears throat> this kind of uh, lone ranger mentality. And I remember being in Bible college when they were telling us, you cannot, you cannot have a lone ranger mentality. And that's the one thing that will cause burnout quicker than anything else, is to think you have to do it all. Um, And I I think probably a lot of this stems from a pastor when he takes a position, he has the the mindset. For some reason, he acquires a mindset um, of I have to be the know-it-all. And then sometimes that leads into the also I have to be the do it all. And so I've got to know how to do it. I've got to know what needs to be done. And then I've got to do it all. And sometimes that comes from perhaps maybe the board that hired you or the denomination that appointed you there uh, sometimes creates that broken thinking, I would think. Mm. Mark, that's so good. That, that
0: idea of broken thinking, you know, I, I think where I've seen this a lot of times is, you know, when a younger pastor even is just kind of starting out, you know, we all, when we're younger, have the idea that, Hey, I can do it all. I got what it takes. Oh
1: yeah.
0: And it, it takes some battering, if you will, some beating a little bit in ministry that you kind of come to the place where you realize you don't. And and I think there comes a crossroad in all of our lives. Are we going to continue to have that thinking, or are we going to shift our thinking into realizing that, gosh, I really am not good at everything, and I really can't do it all, but I can do some things
1: really well? Right. What do you think? I, well, first of all, I think I think it's – so I like to think of this as a, as a partnership. We, as, as pastors, we have to learn to partner with other people you know, we're partnering with the people in our church. We're partnering with our volunteers. We're partnering with our staff. Uh, then we then we move out and, and we move into the evangelism phase and we start partnering with other organizations in the city. You know, um, I remember you and I both were on staff at a church who partnered, the church partnered with a lot of organizations in the city. Because, and why? Because they could do it better. They could get resources to homeless people. They could get resources to battered women. They could get resources to children you know, who are in foster care better than we could because they had those channels. But we could provide manpower. We could provide resources. We could provide some of those things that would help them. But they were the channel to get that going. They could just do it better than us. And uh, it, you, your church doesn't have to reach 5,000 or have to be on the top 10 fastest growing churches in America to come to that realization. And it's, it's, I think it's a shame sometimes that it takes us so long to realize that.
0: Right. But what I've found, Mark, is that it's actually the the longest standing or the strongest, most lasting pastors in the in the game of ministry or in the world of ministry that are actually those that asked for help. They sought partnership. They came to the realization that, gosh, I I'm really strong in these areas, but gosh, I'm going to seek help. I'm going to utilize the strengths, the giftedness, the talents, the resources, and the partnership of other people. And and that's the key. I think what not the key, but a key to how pastors can prevent themselves from falling into depression anxiety, stress being overcome. And what we see so many pastors in the world today are leaving the ministry in droves. Yeah. Why? Well, I think a part of that is because they're going alone yeah. and they come to the realization that gosh, my my family's fallen apart, my yeah. marriage has fallen apart, right? I can't do ministry. I'm depressed. I have an, an ornate amount of anxiety and fear and depression and worry, and all of these things are compiling in my life. And now it's affecting my relationship with God. I get to the place where I say, gosh, it would be a whole lot easier for me
1: to sell insurance. I think I'm taking off. I've seen a lot of that. Um, well, okay. So, so let's talk about what are some signs, perhaps that a pastor listening could go okay what are, what are some signs that i can look at my own life i can look at my own routine i can look at my own job and let's face it a lot of, a lot of pastors are you know i think more than half the pastors uh, you know are bivocational so you've you've got some time that you put towards the ministry but what are some signs that we look at our our schedule in our lives and go okay i need to look for help uh, you mentioned burnout you mentioned stress uh depression came up uh perhaps what are some what are some other things too because th- those seems like those are those are results of prolonging that possibility. But what are some things that we could look for before that happens? Yeah, that's great. I, I think what initially
0: comes to my mind is is and, and it's a really hard one to admit because it takes some, it takes some introspection. It really does. And it's when I when I lack the knowledge to, to do something effectively. Yeah, as an example, uh, you know, hey, we want to do a building program. Hey, we want to add a wing onto our building. Yeah. I don't have any idea how to, I don't know, like building campaign. I don't know how to do a capital I I don't know how to do any of this. Right. And instead of me attempting to do that, hey, gosh, I could utilize and garner and harness some resources around me to do that. And, and so I think
1: when we lack knowledge, that's a, that's a good indicator. Right. Um, yeah, I would also kind of look at too. Are, are you taking? Are you taking a lot of the work home? Are, are you? Is your work spilling out? Is is your church work? Because I'm going to consider the the pastors who are working, you know, two or three jobs as well as pastoring a church. But it, it are, is the ministry duties and responsibilities really filling up way too much time. Because where do you take that time from? You know, if you're a pastor, then you love the church and bless God. I love those guys who are just. I'm doing this, and I'm working two jobs, and I got a family, and I'm not taking a salary from the church. Uh, those guys are great; they're they're champions. But it, if if the ministry is starting to take more time from you, you know, typically, probably, we're not going to take our time from our our paying jobs, our clocking in and clocking out. That time's going to come from our personal time or our family time. So I would also look at at our schedule. Our is is ministry? Am I writing sermons when I should be eating dinner or playing with the kids? Um, you know, am I doing the studies then maybe perhaps there are some things that we can look at. Andy Stanley talks about, uh, only do what only you can do. And I know if you're a one man show, if you're a pastor and you're the only guy on staff and you've got two volunteers and you get a hundred people coming, that's tough. You know, you, you rely on your wife to do a lot of the work too. You know, she ends up being, uh, the co-pastor. Um, but I, I think really looking at our schedules too, could, could help us kind of see that coming down the road pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, Mark Mark I can't I can't say any better than what you just did. I really can't. And I think that that's key. I mean Andy Stanley you you referenced him a minute ago. His book Choosing to Cheat. Yes. is probably the best piece of literature I have ever read on this Agreed. subject right Agreed. here.
1: Yeah
0: on how we tend to, what, take care of God's church because it's our calling, it's what it's what the Lord put in our heart to do, and we tend to sacrifice our family. And that is a, I mean, a real crystal clear sign that we need to be careful, just like you said, when we start seeing ministry spill over and take time away from the two things that matter most, and that's being a husband or a wife to your spouse. Right. And a
1: father, and a or father dear kids, right? Uh, and I'll, I will put the, uh, you know, if you've not read the Andy Stanley book, Choosing to Cheat, it's an easy read. Um, I'll, I'll put that link in the in the show notes, and so uh, we'll link to that book if you want to pick that up and and read that. Uh, that would be that would be
0: great. I'm thinking of benefits, Mark. I mean, we're talking about how. Important it is for partnership. How important it is to to utilize and harness and garner the strengths of others. What are what are some benefits? I mean, what what fruit can we see in our life when we utilize and partner with others? I'm gonna I'm gonna go
1: with. Uh, I was reading. Uh, I've got as you do as well. We're we're champion on books. We're books and books and I love this one particular book I've got here. It's a it's Business Secrets from the Bible by uh, a rabbi, Daniel Lappin. And uh, he talks about how the Jewish community is uh, very focused on partnership. And he says, you, you'll never find, you'll, you'll never walk down a Jewish neighborhood and see a Jewish man in the driveway working on his BMW, or you will never see a Jewish man mowing his lawn you know, on a Thursday afternoon um, because they believe so strongly in partnership. And the fact is, they know that there's a guy who went to school somewhere who works on BMWs. There's a teenage kid that lives down the street who mows lawns for money so that he's saving for college or car. And so he thinks it, this is the way he thinks about partnerships. He thinks about partnerships as, I'm going to partner with this guy. I can pay this kid $35 to mow my lawn, and I free myself up an hour and a half to work on my profession or to spend that time with my kids. or." um, you know, to take my wife on a date, what whatever that applies in your life. But that's the way to think about partnership. It's it's a it's a it's a give and take game. it's a, it's a it's mutual benefit. It's like I'm gaining this time. I'm gaining the ability to focus on my craft and I'm helping you succeed in business as well. Um, so and I think that comes back that's scriptural, Jesse. I mean, mm-hmm. God partners with man all the time to get something done. There's nothing done in the earth without the partnership of man.
0: That's right. That's right. I mean, we were co-laborers. I just, I think of yes. what Scripture says. I think, I think that's of, what yeah. Yeah, the statement of Genesis, it is not good for man to be alone. And, and that wasn't just a physical need. There is a physical, but there's a psychological, there's a spiritual, right. there is an emotional need. I think of when Jesus sent them out two by two, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then the question comes, can you see the back of your own head? Well, the answer is no, I can't. Yeah. I yeah. need somebody else to help me see that or to describe that or to point that out. Right. You, don't, you don't know if you have a mole on your back unless someone tells you you have a mole on your back. And so <laughs> there's this idea that you have to have partnership in order really to fully understand not just what's going on, but also to understand yourself better, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I, I, you know, you go back to... Um... You know, one man is overcome easily, but two men, you know, mm. and then a three, goes into, let's say the three-branded cord is, is uneasily broken. Um, and I always think about the, the example of the lion, you know, the lion always preys on the straggler. Mm. You know, if, if you watch any of the, you know, we can show our age by talking about the old Mutual of Omaha shows on TV. <laughs> and uh, you, you always see those things where, you know, the lion always attacks the, the, the wildebeest that's behind the lagging or the one that's injured or something like that. the one they left behind. And that's where the lion goes because he knows he has advantage there. But when, when the, when the animal stays in the packs together, the lion is less likely to attack because all the animals work together. So there, there's so much. And I, when I was a youth pastor, I always told kids, students, it was the same thing. I mean, sometimes the devil's biggest tool to work against you is to get you alone. If he can get mm. you alone, you get to this thinking, the stinking thinking of, oh, man, I'm the mm. only one that's going through this. I'm the only mm. one that's having this trouble. And uh, it's a dangerous scenario. Yeah,
0: I uh, I couldn't agree more, man. That isolation thing is dangerous. I, I think of the proverb that says a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all sound wisdom. Right. There's just soundness mm. of wisdom that comes with not isolating right. ourselves, right. Right. versus those that push away, and isolate, and get into that lone ranger mentality. And and you know, I almost wonder what what is it that causes us to think that's the best route to take. Right? What is it? The
1: lonely route. Yeah. The Why lone ranger route. Choose that. What what do you think that is? I you know I was just thinking about that myself. I'm thinking. Um. You know, the first thing I could think of coming and I'll I'll tell you, I went through a bout of loneliness in ministry and it wrecked me. Mm. And it was because I was covering up something I didn't want someone else to find out. Mm. And so I pushed, I pushed away. I kept doors closed, kept windows closed, kept my life shut off. You know, I had those surface level relationships, you know, high fives in the lobby and the elbow bumps and the going out to lunch. And then, you know, that was it. But it really, because I didn't want, the, either number one, I didn't want mm-hmm. them to see some fault in me. Or number two, mm-hmm. I didn't want them to know that I didn't know. That was mm-hmm. probably the big thing, is I didn't want to look like the guy who didn't know. Oh, Mark doesn't mm-hmm. know how to do a building program.
0: Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and it's that, that idea that somehow there's this unspoken lie that when we get into ministry, we have to have all the answers. You know, I, I think of when when I planted our church in Seattle, and, uh, you know, I did everything by myself, and it was almost like the more that I did it by myself, the more it fed into that, I mean, this, this sense of pride, like, look at mm-hmm. all that's happening, look at all that I'm doing. Yeah. And it it really it eventually had a negative effect on my home, on my family, uh, and it really had a negative effect on our church altogether. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm grateful that I had some wise people <laughs> didn't didn't ask me if I needed the advice, but gave the advice. That gosh man, um, you're more like Samson Jesse
1: and less like David. Oh man, yeah, I, and I think that's that's. That's huge. That that correlation in scripture between Samson and David is immediately, both of these guys had big plans. They both were called to do big things by God for the nation of Israel, and they both had moral failures. But yet Samson was blinded, and he remained blinded. He remained blind, and, and then he fell. David fell and was blinded, but only temporarily. Because David ended up at a great place. I mean, at the end of his life, he left a legacy. He was successful. He hit that low, that low part, just like Samson did, but Samson stayed low, and he never rose back up. He lost his power, lost his integrity, gone. David ended up there, and you look at the reason why. Samson did it all alone, and Samson only prayed one time. We only have one verse that said that Samson prayed, but David, he wrote an entire book of prayers that we get to pray today. And David always, you know, he had Nathan, Jonathan, you know, these guys always with him and around him to help him get through the struggles. And so, um, you know, Samson fell. When he fell, he fell among enemies. When David fell, he fell among friends. I tell you, if I'm going to fall, I'd rather fall among friends than my enemies who are ready to kill me and gouge my eyes out. Gosh, how true is that? And
0: and what a great contrast, Samson and David. And and I love how the Bible, which... Pastors, those of you that are listening right now, you know the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know these stories. This isn't anything that's new to you. But sometimes we just need the things that we hear and see and read all the time to to just pause and think for a minute. These stories are in front of our eyes all the time. And sometimes these moments right here help us to see them from a different perspective. And today we've talked so much about the importance of partnership. We've, we've talked about, you know, when to ask for help, not everything. There's so many more things we could discuss. We talked about what are some of the benefits. I, I, I just think we didn't talk, talk on even the mental health benefits alone oh, huge. for asking for help, right. but we've covered a lot. We talked about, you know, Samson and David, right? We talked about, you know, the lion and the prey and the story from business seekers from the Bible that you showed to us about how the Jewish community utilizes that. We've given a lot of tips. And if you're a pastor out there, we've, we've got a few resources that we are putting in to the podcast. We'll put in the show notes some links to the books that we've referenced today. In addition to that, we have our website, smallchurchguys.com. If you're in a place where you say, hey, I see the benefit and the need for help and assistance— please reach out to us. Uh, you can also email us at podcast at smallchurchguys.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have questions, we're here for you. you can on our website you can also set up a meeting. We would love to spend some time talking to you and you can go right there on our website and you can, Uh, schedule a meeting to talk with Mark and I. We're so glad that you guys have tuned in today. We hope this is beneficial to you as we help you move ministry forward. We hope you'll continue to tune in and that you will go ahead and subscribe and then share this with another pastor that you know. Share this with somebody that you know could utilize these resources. They're absolutely free, and we just want to add value to you as a pastor. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Till next time. Thank you for listening. We hope our time has helped inspire you to move ministry forward. Connect with us on social or visit us on the web at smallchurchguys.com.